Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. This week, we'll visit with some former mocks who are now making their mark playing professionally. Christine Wolf was one of the first golfers to join Colette Murray's program when it began. She's now on the Ladies European Tour. We'll hear from her coming up in just a few minutes. But first, let me remind you to please subscribe, rate, and review Mox on the Mic. By subscribing, you'll get this podcast delivered right to your device every single week. And we certainly appreciate your five-star ratings as that helps us find other Mock fans. And it helps Mox fans be able to find us. To lead us off this week, Jasmine Joyner, she was a dominant force in women's basketball during her time on the hardwood at Chattanooga. She is now uh, doing the same, playing basketball in Europe, playing over in the UK, and she joined us this week on Mox on the Mic. Well, Jasmine, I know it's been a few years since you uh, last wore a Chattanooga uniform, but that hasn't stopped you from playing basketball since you left here. Kind of catch folks up a little bit on your travels and uh, what you've been up to uh, on the court since you left Chattanooga? Um, I will. Um, since I left Chat, I have went to two teams. One was in Finland and one was in Luxembourg. Um, I kind of had a heart problem when I went to Luxembourg and I had to take a break. So that was unfortunately. So, um, But once I did that, it was kind of hard actually to get back in a group of playing basketball because I was out for like eight months, almost a year. To get my, you know, heart and stuff back active and all that type of stuff. So once I did, that's when I came to Nottingham Wildcats, and I have been there for almost three years now. So, yeah. Well, physically, how are you now? Clearly, you're good enough to be able to play basketball, but a heart condition—that's that's that's, that's got to be kind of scary, especially at your age. Yeah, it was. Um, I kind of noticed it when I was in Luxembourg, like late at nighttime, like my heart would kind of like do like insignificant like beating. So it would kind of mess with the way I was playing, you know. Um, I would just be out of breath really, you know, out of breath really soon. So I went to the doctor up there and they was like, yeah, maybe you should go home, get it checked out. Went home, got it checked out. We did a lot of exams, we did a lot of physical things. And now at Nottingham, they look over and stuff like that. I even have, like, monitors here and there. So, um, but I'm good now. Um, I haven't had a problem with it over two years now. So, I'm, I'm just blessed to be able to still play the sport that I love. That's wonderful. Now, did you actually get a chance to play in Finland? Um, yes, I did. I played, like, um, well, it's kind of different because our preseason. Um, so, we have preseason for a very long time. So, I had, like, two or three preseason games. And then that's when I left and I went to Luxembourg and I started my career with Luxembourg and then that's when the heart condition came up. So I never, ever really got to play a full season of basketball before I got hurt. So that's when I went to Nottingham Wildcats and I like played a full season and it was beautiful. So and then I came again and then the coronavirus kind of messed up everything. So I kind of played a season and a half. So, yeah. Where are you now? Uh, I'm actually in North Carolina. I'm visiting my dad. Um, I got to see him soon because I never really get to see him, how busy my schedule is. So I'm just coming down and seeing my family members on this side. How often do you get a chance to come back to the States? Um, I get a, I get a chance. Um, our season is so long. We, we always go down there probably the end of August. So I'm leaving the end of August. And then our season starts in September. And then it stays all the way until May. And so 
eventually I'm coming home for maybe June or July, then I'm back back at it on basketball. So I never really have, yeah, I never really have a break or just to, you know, even get out of shape. I think that's a good thing about it. I can't get out of shape because I'm right back at it. So, yeah, I'm probably home for at least two, three months to most. Tell me a little bit about the style of play. What do you see uh, playing in Luxembourg versus versus playing in the Southern Conference? What, how different is it? Uh, it's very different because um, down in the States, we are more like uh, – we're more skillful. So it's more skills, you know, um, more moves that you have to think about. But overseas, it's more of a mental game. So – because then they're skillful, but it's more of a mental game. It's like more of a backdoor, went to backdoor, or went to pass it to this player. It's like, it's more of a mental game. So um, it's very different like like that. Um, the speed of the game is way faster. We have only 24 seconds on the clock. And then um, when you hit the, when you hit the backboard, or when, when you hit the rim, you only have like 10 seconds. So it just, it don't fully get back. So it's more of a mental game. Everything is a mental game there. Um, the rules are completely different to me. Like on the court, we can't players can't call times out, so the coach has to call timeout. Um, just the whole style of it is different. I'm actually just now getting adjusted to it for my own game, personal. So, yeah, I kind of like it though. I was gonna ask, what was the most? What's been the hardest to get used to? Because look, I, I talked to you know a lot of high school players, a lot of high school mm-hmm. coaches, and when they make that transition from high school to college, or in some cases, vice versa, going from the college game as a coach and coming back and coaching in high school, the shot clock, because in in Tennessee basketball, girls basketball in high school, there is no shot clock. And that can a lot of times infuriate a coach, especially one that, you know, wants to play really fast. So the shot clock you've mentioned but what's the, what was the toughest uh, transition for you? What was the, the, the hardest part of the game to get used to? Uh, I think mine probably is the physicality um, over there. And, the yeah, the physicality mostly because over there they 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 will – it would be a hard – it would be really hard for you to get a foul call on you. Like, especially for, like, foreign players, myself, like all Americans and other foreign players that come over, they kind of expect you to be stronger then because that's what you're coming over there to do. You come over to play basketball. So I might get hit, hacked, I'll pop down and everything. I might still not get a foul call. So it's like I feel like my first year was, like, the physicality is what I had to, like, get used to and make also making sure because I'd be like, okay, well, you get physical with me, I'm going to get physical with you, but I get a foul call on so it's kind of like controlling your controllables. So I think the physicality of the game is, is way tougher than the States, I can say, since the last time I played. Like, you know, wrestlers kind of help you. Um, you know, the wrestlers in the States, they would kind of help you. Like, okay, that's too much. But over here, they kind of let you play overseas. They let you play. They let you play tough. Like, there's no easy call over here. That's interesting because, you know, following the NBA and, and you hear mm-hmm. about these guys – they come over from from the European leagues to play in the NBA. There's always that connotation or, or kind of that stigma that gets attached to those guys about European basketball isn't that physical. But oh, certainly yeah. from what you're hearing, your your experience has <laughs> been completely different. Yeah, mine is completely different. Well, it's also it's also kind of hard because um, British basketball we're still trying to make women's basketball as important as men's basketball. 
But sometimes we do have refs come in and they don't want, you can tell they kind of don't want to be there. They kind of just going through the motions. It's not as more passionate as men's basketball. It kind of, it definitely, it definitely got better since the WBBL. Um, that's my league. They had, it has gotten better. The competition has gotten better. So now men are becoming more interested in it. So, um, I feel like that's one of the big things we're trying to do in British basketball. We're trying to make women's basketball as important as men's basketball in today's game. Tell me about the level of competition that you face over there. Can you compare it to, you know, some of the teams that you, you guys played a incredible schedule when you were at, yeah. at Chattanooga uh, and faced some great teams? Can you draw some parallels from some of those teams you played in college to the level of competition that, that you're facing now in Europe? Um, yeah, uh, I want to say, um, yeah, because, you know, actually I'm playing now, I'm playing against GB players most of the time. So they're actually, you know, they're they're playing for their, you know, for their country, which is cool. So I'm, um, sometimes I'm playing against, um, uh, let's see, I'm playing against Georgia. She's like one of the uh, point guards that play for the GB. So you're playing against people that, know this game that has been very experienced that played in the Olympics and got gold medals for this game. So um, that's why I'm so grateful for the competition we did play in Czech because it's not like a big eye opener to when I'm playing overseas. Like I have played against girls as good or even better over here because of, you know, playing at Czech. So I'm really thankful that we did get to play them tough schedules. But yeah, I'm playing against GB girls. Um, I'm playing against girls that might even come in over that's, you know, actually probably um going to Stanford or UConn, like they're leaving to go to the States to play against them. Um I played against uh the girl from uh what school what school did she go to? She um she went to Oregon. Um yeah and they won against the USA basketball team. Like I played against her last year. So like I said, this league is really competitive and we're playing against really good people. What are the crowds like over there? Uh, see, that's once again, um, see, WBBL, they just started to leave like five years ago. So we're still trying to get the crowd going. But I can say the crowd has definitely, the crowd is like family. So um, it's starting to get bigger and bigger. People are trying, starting to see like, oh, this league is actually good. So we're getting more people now. Um, every time we come home, people have our posters up, have our little names and stuff. So it feels good. It's still it's not like the United States atmosphere, but it's still good to see, like, you know, see people out there enjoying the game of basketball, especially the girls. It'd be young girls coming up there in the stands and watching us having players' jerseys on and want to take pictures with us afterwards. And they just tell us how inspired they are to want us to actually, actually get out there and play basketball. So I feel like that was good. Any idea on when you, you guys will be able to, to go back? when you'll be able to get together with your teammates again? Um, um, yeah, we actually been talking. I know some rules change, um, so I don't know for sure, but they talk about having one ref now because of the whole coronavirus situation. So, But um, normally we have, like I said, we had preseason early last year. We had preseason at the beginning of September. But I think we probably just skip preseason and just go to regular season, which started in October the beginning of October. So I'm praying hopefully we can be up there September, do some training, get our team back together. So, But right now it's saying that we'll probably just skip preseason and just do regular season, which is October. Now, you were in Great Britain when this started, right? I yes. Mean, yeah. 
how hard was it for you to get out of there to be able to get back home or was it hard? Um, it was, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was hard. It was just a lot of chaotic stuff. Like we was waiting when the whole coronavirus outbreak happened was when, um, they were starting to lock stuff down. And we, of course, we didn't want to get locked down in the UK and, you know, our families at home. So the United States hasn't got locked down, but they did it really quickly because it was a bad outbreak in London. And in order for me to get home, I had to get to the London airport. So it was just a whole lot of chaos about how to get there. I couldn't actually come directly home. Um, I had to actually go to Dallas because the Memphis International Airport was closed. So um, it was a whole lot of twisting and turns, but I ended up getting home. It wasn't nothing too chaotic. Um, I got home like two days after the season was pronounced, you know, canceled. So it wasn't too bad, but it was just really chaotic how all this stuff just happened dramatically, you know. And it was really upsetting because um, we we just we was like two weeks away from playoffs, so it was just yeah, it was upsetting for that. But I'm just happy everyone's safe now. Everyone's at home, and everyone is just getting through this. And I feel like we can get through this together. What kind of season were you guys having? Were you were you guys uh, ready to make a playoff run? We was, it was, well, I can say this is probably was the hardest season we had because we had a lot of injuries. Like, everyone on the team has gotten hurt, and we just never played together fully. So with that happening, um, and then so much other more stuff, we finally, everyone was starting to come healthy, and then this happened. So it was, it was really, um, it was really heartbreaking for it, but I feel like everyone is giving everyone a break now to get back healthy, to train harder so we can get ready for next season. What's your favorite food that you found in the UK? Uh, that's hard to say because I really like, um, uh, let me think. Um, oh, actually, my um, trainer, he makes this corn soup, and he'll make it for us all the time. I know it sounds pretty nasty now, but it tastes so good. So it's this corn soup, and it's really creamy, has corn and other type of stuff in it, and he'll make it for us all the time. I can say that's probably one of my favorites. Um, the food is not as much different over here. The quality is different. Um, their candy is good. I like their candy over there. But, um, yeah, I can say the corn soup. Corn soup is really good. So, yeah. Let's go back to your time at, uh, at UTC for a minute. Um, yes. Best memory for you as a mock? Oh, definitely. Um, beating Tennessee uh, my sophomore year. That was the that was the one of my best memories ever. The way our team came together, we that was like the first ranked team we had beaten. Um, then we came back and beat Stanford. Like that was that year. I'm actually gonna say that year was my favorite year. So yeah, my sophomore year. I actually watched that game yesterday. So um, that was that was a yeah that was a good time at. UT chat that whole year right there. <laughs> those were uh, those were some great teams that that you were a part of. Yeah. Uh, how many of those? How many of those girls uh, and coaches, for that matter? How many are you still in contact with? Uh, most of them. Um, I still talk to Kayvon. I still talk to Ansley. Um, still talk to Aris. I talk to. I still talk to most of them actually. I, I yeah. We I talked to Ashlyn yesterday. I talked to Alex Black, Destiny Bramlett. Yeah, I talked to all of them. I feel like we're still a family, like a Mock's family. Once we came in there, we came out, we still find a way to at least meet up with each other once a year. So, um, yeah, I talked to Coach Katie, Brittany, all of them, Coach Watts. Yeah, 
those are a group that I just can't find myself not talking to for a long period of time. I always have to check up on them. Are you surprised to to uh, when you heard that uh, Coach Katie was now the head coach? Um, surprised? No, I feel like her that job was definitely well deserved. I knew it was coming to her. She has worked hard for it for so many years as the coach Foster, as the um coach Moore. I knew she would be the perfect person for it. And the way you can tell she has, I feel like the most important thing with the head coach is the relationship you have with your players. And she has that. You can tell with them girls, like she bring them girls together. And they chemistry is so well and broad because our chemistry was really well. So I knew that was going to be the perfect job for her. Jasmine, thank you for the time. Stay safe. Thank you. I will. Thanks, you going back to Europe. And uh, hopefully we get a chance to maybe, maybe we can do this again next summer when you get a chance to come on for a little while. That, that sounds good. I would love that. Thank you so much for calling me today. Christine Wolf won her first event last year on the Ladies European Tour. She took some time out from her home in Austria to spend a few minutes with us on Mox on the Mic. Christine, I know it's been a while since uh, since the last time you were a uh, you wore that Chattanooga Mox golf shirt to uh, to go out and, and play around representing UTC. Tell us a little bit and kind of catch us up on where you've been and, and what you've been doing since that time. Yeah, so since I graduated, I came back to Europe, um, turned pro pretty much right after, and then started playing on the Access, the Ladies European Access Tour, which is the feeder tour to the Europe, Ladies European Tour. Um, and then after two years, I got a full card on the Ladies European Tour and played on there since then, played the 2016 Olympics. And, well, actually, I won uh, Exit event in 2012, and I had my first win on the Ladies European Tour last year. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that last year, the uh, the Hero Women's Indian Open. Uh, you won that last year. It's an event. It's held in India. So a little bit about that tournament, a little bit about playing that course. It's a crazy course. It's very tight. Uh, very undulating greens, but it's amazing. It's always in really good shape. And we've been going there since I think the last four or five years. So I knew the course already. I came really close to winning in 2018 as well. Um, then, But then I really struggled on that last hole. And last year I could pull through and ended up winning on, on that course, which was really good. A little bit about course construction in on the on the European tour is it a lot different than the courses that you played when you were in college at, at UTC it sort of depends where we go uh, if we play in Europe we play a lot of times on bent grass which is different kind of grass what we had in Tennessee but for example the grass that we played in India it's very similar to what we played in Chattanooga and yeah, so it sort of just depends where we go. How many events were you able to play in this year? So far, only three. I came back from Australia in March, and I think a week later we were in lockdown. So not much more going on. Um, I think we'll have uh, something in Austria coming up, so I'll probably be playing a bit in June. Um, there's real play against the other pros from Austria 
And then we have the Austrian Open, which is also open to pros. And then I'll see whenever the tour gets back on track. What are you able to do in the meantime? Are you able to are you able to get to the driving range right now? What are you doing to stay in, in golf shape? Yeah, um, I couldn't go play golf for, I think, about a month. Um, that was from March until mid-April. Um, I had a net in my garden, and I hit balls there, and I put it on the carpet. But since mid-end mid of April, pros were allowed to go back and practice. And since the 1st of March, everyone's allowed to play golf again. Now, where are you now? Are you back in Australia? Yeah, no, in Austria. Um, so we're getting into summer now, which is really nice. Like today we had really nice warm day. I think it was close to being in the nineties and yeah, everyone's just enjoying being outside, playing golf, getting to do things outside again. We talked with Emma DeGroote a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago now, I guess it was. And, you know, you along with her were, were kind of the two in the early part of women's golf at Chattanooga that really kind of put the program on the map. When you look back on your time, what stands out? What do you remember the most? Well, I think we just had a really good and fun team. We got along well and had really nice teammates and we just enjoyed our time there. When, when Emma and I got there, it was actually the first year of the program. So we didn't really know where we were getting ourselves into but I think we lucked out and we just really enjoyed it there and we got to celebrate a few wins along the way so it was we just had a good time. What was it about the program was it appealing to you to be a part of something literally from the ground up with Colette? Yes definitely it was something new it's always nice to be part of something that's just starting um uh I think none of us imagined that we would start as good as we did. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it was just very different being a very new program. No one was really expecting us to beat them. And yes, yeah, so we just really enjoyed it and had fun. Was it always a goal for you to play professionally? It was in my head then I struggled a bit my second year in college, I think. And then I wasn't sure anymore. And then I qualified for the US Open in 2011. And when I played there, I was like, okay, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. Was there a moment when you knew, uh, was there a moment during that US Open when you knew, yeah, I can, I can do this? Well, I think it was just from the very first moment onwards. Um, I was there with the biggest names in women's golf and I saw they're just golfers as well. And this is where I want to be and who I want to play against. Tell us about the Olympics. What was that experience like? Yeah, it was breathtaking. I got there and all the athletes were there and not just the Austrian ones, but all the other ones. Like I saw Djokovic, Usain Bolt, all of them. Um, and you talk to them. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're just people as well. And yeah, it was really cool. Like one of the times there was tennis courts in the Olympic Village and I was playing with my caddy and Djokovic walked past and he was like, oh, very good. You're hitting the ball well. So it was just a lot of really cool experiences. 
have you thought is that something you'd like to do again to compete in the olympics yeah for sure i would have been qualified for tokyo again this year so now the qualification goes on for another year and i hope to go back next year then Christine, thank you so much for giving us some time. It was good catching up with you. Continued success on the Ladies European Tour, and I hope we get a chance to uh, talk again soon. Thank you very much. Go Mox. Thanks a lot to both Jasmine and Christine for hanging out with us this week. Glad to have you along with us this week as well. Again, want to remind you, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Make sure you tell your friends about it as well. You got some mock fans when you get together. Make sure you uh, tell them to subscribe, rate, and review to Mocks on the Mic as well. We'll continue talking with uh, some of our former Chattanooga athletes that are now uh, playing professionally or competing professionally somewhere. We're going to continue that the next couple of weeks throughout the summer. We'll get kind of caught up on some of those uh, some of those names you'll remember from uh, days of past in uh, Chattanooga athletics. So. Uh, Looking forward to that. Looking forward to having you back with us again here next week. For our producer, Tate Johnson, I'm Chris Goforth saying so long, everybody, and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.